If I can be sure of one thing, it's that I'm not sure of anything at all. Who truly is sure? Where they will go, who they will love, who they will become? You know, I used to think I knew myself well, but the more I learn, the less I know, and the less I know, the more I forget what it is exactly that makes me, me. It isn't my legs or my arms or the texture of my hair or my voice or my eyes or the color of my skin. Je suis, yo soy, I am. Humans have been trying to define themselves since the day we set foot on this earth. What makes us who we are? On cold, lonely January nights, I could tell you that I am nothing more than the ski race I fell in, than the ice that juts out from the overhang above my porch, than the wind that cuts through no matter how many layers I have on and slices through my heart like a steak knife gliding through butter, leaving me broken, separated. I feel broken, like somehow I will never be whole, like the pieces left behind are part of some sadistic puzzle where they don't fit together quite right. When are we most ourselves? Is it when we're pouring poison down our throat till our vision is as blurry as our feelings? Praying to a God we only half believe in, pushing our own selves down the dark stairwell of emotion in hopes that someone will notice the bruises, notice the blank stare, and care? No. I am not my defeat. I am not my destruction. I am not the deeply lodged blades we call words that were thrust deep in my rib cage. I am not the bitter cold that chills every cell of my body and turns my veins icy with sorrow. I am not the way I feel alone in bed yearning for love. No. I am more than despair. I am where my love lies. I am the lyrics of my favorite songs and the melodies they are wrapped up in. I am the sound my camera makes when I click the shutter. I am my hopes and dreams. I am me. I used to yearn to be unique, something different, something special. What I didn't know is we are all special in our own ways. You can't tell me that if you took a trip in someone else's mind, you wouldn't find something magical. That if you took the time to study a person, you wouldn't fall in love with the way they write. That if you took a moment to take a look at yourself, that you wouldn't see the same. You are a perfect sum of the individual parts of your persona. You are a cosmic compilation of everything that is brilliant about life. Have you ever thought how lovely each of your individual parts come together to make a whole being? Have you ever thought about the fact that you are made up of the same materials as the stars? We are all energy. We are stardust, beautifully crafted in our own originality, a splatter painting of emotions, thoughts, feelings, dreams, with different loves, different interests, different things that make us unique. We are not our darkest days. We are not the cold we often feel. We are more than that. We are our hobbies and the way our faces light up when recalling a childhood memory. We are the connections we build with the people we love. We are what makes us smile. We are the sun, stars, and everything in between. You are perfectly you. And I'm unapologetically me. My name is Nick Johnson, and you're listening to Outside the box. Whoa!
finding you well. It has been six months since I last spoke with you. And usually if I took six months off from doing something, that would mean that I was done with that forever. And it definitely would have been safe to assume that for this. So I, I mean, I know I did a couple times. I wasn't sure if I was going to come back to this or not, but I've spent every single day, truly, for the past six months thinking about this episode in particular. I mean, definitely thinking about the podcast as a whole and what I wanted to do with it and learning and building my studio. And it's been a very active six months, um, you know, both for this podcast and my life. But um, it all kind of came together recently when I wrote a post for Facebook where I detailed some of, well, I detailed the root of my trauma or the overall root of my trauma because I really wanted to show people that vulnerability is strength and that it's important to share the tough things in your life because it helps not only you get over it, but it helps other people too that are struggling as well. So I'm just going to read the post for you as well because it's very important to me and it kind of set this in motion as well. And then I'll go from there. So there's no right way to go about this. And frankly, every cell in my body is telling me not to. For this reason precisely, I know that I must. For the past two years, I've spent every single waking moment working towards healing. I've never spoken about this publicly, and until recently, only a very small handful of people were aware of the, fo- of the factors that led to my development of post-traumatic stress disorder. I know it really isn't necessary for me to share, And honestly, I'm sure many people would even discourage it. I, however, feel strongly that this is an imperative part of the journey that's consumed not just these past years, but nearly my entire life. I know that I am not alone in any of my struggles, and sharing can only help someone who may find themselves in similar shoes. God knows if it weren't for the support, advice, anecdotes, and pure, unadulterated information that the internet has given me, I can't imagine that I would be here today. If I could save anyone the trouble of feeling even remotely the level of awful that I was plagued with, I would scream my trauma from the rooftops. For years, I endured sexual abuse from a close relative. Naturally, I assumed the worst. It was my fault. I deserved it. I should have stopped it. I was tainted, rotten, Unworthy of happiness, destined to fail, unlovable, and untrustworthy. Over the years, these feelings festered. As I felt more in time time and space from the events that changed the weight of the air, I felt I had successfully moved on. If it's not on my mind, it's not bothering me, right? Wrong. See, here's the thing about PTSD. You can't think your way out of it. Many people who suffer do so in silence. There's a stigma around mental health in general, of course, but even more so regarding PTSD. We feel as though if we are strong enough to have survived the trauma, we should be strong enough to pick up the pieces. 
that if we pretend like it never happened, it effectively never did. That for some reason, acknowledging the pain is seen as weakness. Well, I'm here to prove to myself and you that these are false beliefs. There is immense strength in acknowledging and naming the things that hurt you. No one comes out of this life this life unscathed. We all suffer trauma. Whether you are willing to admit it or not, I promise you, you have. Any experience, event, person, or time you look back to and feel, and yes, I mean physically and emotionally feel negative emotions about, constitutes this trauma. This isn't our fault. Emotions are processes with a beginning, middle, and end. Without a resolution, negative emotions will only compound and inevitably complicate. The degree of complication is reliant on many, many factors, but the most important are time and support. Early intervention and understanding from those in your immediate circle make all the difference. I, like so many others, was not afforded these necessities. To no fault of their own, those who had the power to rectify the situation only exacerbated it. And generational trauma has a way of doing that locking shame and guilt into your chemistry. Easier, safer to avoid than face the ugly or painful. Forgotten sutures still bleed. Pushing things into the dark doesn't get rid of them, just makes them harder to see. How can you face the invisible? Those who were in charge of me were no better equipped than I was to deal with the magnitude of the situation. Unfortunately, my story is no exception. Fortunately, though, I am the exception. This ends with me. No more toughing it out, bucking up, or silence. I am a survivor, and I will wear it as my most proud accolade. If I could rewrite my history, I wouldn't change a damn thing. Everything we go through leads us to who we are, and although I would never wish these events, thoughts, or feelings on even my worst enemy, I would not be me without them. I felt highs I never thought possible. (sighs) And, And lows I was convinced would last forever. Seeking help became imperative when I realized it wasn't my fault that I was at the bottom of the barrel but it was my responsibility to do something about it. I'm still working towards acceptance for myself, for others, for what isn't isn't. I believe this to be life's work. I accept that this life has been a challenge, but I will not accept anything less than my very best foot forward. Most importantly, I accept that I am a good person and deserve every good thing that has ever happened to me. Just as I am a flawed person who has and will continue to make mistakes. I don't have all the answers, but I can tell you this. You are the main character in your story. Treat yourself with kindness, compassion, and curiosity, and only allow others in who afford you the same. Trust yourself and your instincts, and if you ever need anything, I'm here for you. 
And I finished it by saying I have so much more to say and that I'd leave it there. But this is what I, this is the more that I have to say. And I just, I think that is a great place to start and, and a great, it took me six months to be able to write that. It took a six month self-discovery, self-building, learning, unlearning journey for me to be able to say those things and come to those conclusions and really mean that stuff. And I just want to share some of the other things that have helped me along the way that I try and do, that I try and remember. And this episode will be the last solo episode that I have. So the next time that you hear from me, there will be other people there will be other people you'll hear other people as well. And um, I just, I needed to do this for myself. I told myself that I would do three episodes before I invited other people on because I knew it would be a challenge. I knew that if I could make three episodes of this podcast, that I could do it with other people. I knew that I needed to find the motivation within myself to get this done. And... So that's a huge motivator in where I'm going with this. And without further ado, I am going to share some of these things. So one of the things that I had already said in that is that it's it's not your fault that you're down. It's not your fault that you're in your situation, no matter what that is. But it is your responsibility to do something about it. And maybe you can't change it. Maybe you don't have the ability just yourself to change it. But that's when you need to ask for help. And I am so bad at it. It took me 23, 24 years to really ask for help. So that is something I still work on. I'm still working on not worrying about asking for help. But it's your responsibility. No one's going to fix these things for you. No one's going to, no one's going to turn you into the person that you want to be. Only you can. And sometimes that requires some help and some guidance. So Another thing that kind of goes along with that is that you are the main character in your story. You are the one that calls the shots. If you don't like something, it's about you. You can change it. And you need to make decisions for you. Of course, of course there are other people, but they're supporting characters in your story. You have to treat them that way. Because... Otherwise, if you put all of your energy into other people and worrying about what other people think of what you're doing ever, you're not living you. You're not being the most you you can be. So remember, you're the main character. I don't mind dancing on the street when I walk to work. I walk like a mile and a, like a mile and a third to work and then a mile and a third back. And I do not hesitate to call Nan, call my grandmother. Um, I don't hesitate to listen to music and jam. I don't hesitate to walk really, really fast 
because I like to. It's my story. Why am I why am I going to change the way I act or even consider the way I act and how others perceive me? Because I'm the only one that has the point of view in the story, and you are too in your own. And in that way, I never I never knew how connected or disconnected we are from our bodies. I could never feel my stomach. Like there are times where there are places in my throat that aren't activated. I, I can't tell half the time if I'm hungry or if I'm sick or if I'm scared. And that's all stuff that I'm still working on, but if I've learned anything from this journey physically, it's listen to your body. If you feel like you aren't sleeping enough, you aren't sleeping enough. If you feel like you're sleeping too much, you are sleeping too much. You need to trust yourself, trust your instincts, and really listen because it will tell you if you pay attention to it. And be real with yourself. Like, be honest when you check in with every part of you. I I check in with my stomach muscles specifically. I check in with the back of my neck and my shoulders and trying to relax that constantly because those are things that get tight for me. And the more that I do that and the more that I pay attention and the more that I focus to accomplish those things, the better I feel and the lighter I feel and the more happy I feel in general because I I can't even tell I'm doing that stuff. And trust me, it's not easy to focus on those things. And recently I've been diagnosed with ADHD as well. And that has had a huge impact on my six-month journey as well. And I will definitely talk more about that in the future. But I know it's difficult to focus and to pay attention to those things. But it really, truly is worth it. And a great way to do that is be in nature or be around plants. They slow me down. That slows me down. And it gets me closer to who I am and what's going on in my body and breathing, you know, those types of things brings you back and makes it easier for me to connect and pay attention and hear what my body has to tell me. So another thing that has been really important to me, and it's kind of in regards to PTSD and some of the stuff that I've learned in therapy is this idea of making active conscious decisions. A lot of my life and a lot of my therapy really would end in, I just did that and went along with it because it was what was happening and it was easiest and I just hoped that it would be all right. And of course that's not terrible. I'm not saying that that's like, a terrible mindset, but you need, and I need to take more control over my decisions. And if I'm, if I'm choosing to let something go, or if I'm choosing to go with the flow on something, then that's a choice still. But I, I really want to start reflecting and thinking about the things that I do 
and who I hang out with and how I spend my time and where I put my energy. And I don't know, maybe that, that has to do with growing up or maybe it's because if, if I don't, I, I know I won't get the things that I want to get done. But regardless, it is just so important in my mind for me to consider all of myself before I make a decision. Do I want to do this? Do I not want to do this? Why? Like my friend has asked me to hang out. It'll be good for me to be social, but there's this other thing that I've been wanting to work on. Where's the, you have to, instead of just going with your friend because that's the easiest and you don't want to disappoint your friend and you're thinking about your friend, you need to think about yourself. What's going to be best for me? And there are times where I choose, no, I'm not going to work on something or I'm not going to beat myself up about something that I'm not getting done. I'm going to go do something great for myself that's going to make me happy and that's going to help me with something in the end. Another place that this has come up a lot in my life is I've been choosing not to eat gluten and dairy for the most part. And I'm really trying to keep those things out of my diet. But I do choose to eat them sometimes. Sometimes I really want some pizza. Or sometimes I'm craving, I don't know, a burger. And I just would rather have the bun. Or or sometimes I will get a burger and I will get it without the bun. And that is just my choosing to not do it. But I'm, I'm, if I do choose to do it, I know that I'm assuming the risk and the, well, I mean, the definite that my body is going to be upset with me, but I'm choosing that. And that takes a lot of the risk of disappointment away because otherwise I'm way more likely to like get my body upset and then be like, oh crap, I guess I did eat that crap. You know what I mean? Like I shouldn't have done that, which is something that I did all the time. But now if I'm choosing to eat it, I'm like, oh, I know that. Like I know when that's, I know when that's going to happen. I know how that's going to happen. And I chose that. And that, that just, it takes good, it, it, it takes more control. It's a lot less passive. And I feel like I'm getting a lot more done and feeling a lot better about the things that I do do. And another thing that has been really helpful in like controlling my mood and controlling my energies and, and feeling better about things in my life is that I really have been trying to only think negative thoughts once. And I don't mean like, I don't mean like I can only think of one bad thing and then I have to stop like thinking about something negative. But this idea of only thinking about one bad scenario, like that one time, feeling whatever about it, and then trying to think of a different one. And maybe it's not, maybe it's a bad one too. Maybe it's a negative outcome that you've thought of another time but then you just keep going and we're not that creative we can't come up with a million negative negative thoughts we think tens of thousands of thoughts a day and 
two thirds of those thoughts are repetitive thoughts, like the same thing over and over and over again, and the same things from yesterday and the day before. It's mostly the exact same things. Um, and another two thirds are like a separate like portion of all of the thoughts. Another two thirds happen to be negative. We hold on to the negative more than we do the positive. So it's safe to assume that a lot of those negative thoughts are recurring and over and over and over again in our brains. And we've already felt bad about it. Why do we keep catastrophizing and making it worse? And I know I do all the time. But this helps keep yourself creative, thinking of different possibilities, thinking of different perspectives, and eventually you'll get a lot better at painting situations in a more positive light. Because that's really one of the keys to happiness, is being able to reframe your situation in a more positive light. And another thing that I find really helpful or important is like this idea of cultivating indifference to things that are outside of your control. And this is people, this is events, this is time. Um, The more control or the more value you put in things that are outside of your control, the less control you end up having. And we really just, all we want is control over our lives. We want to be able to change things and move in positive directions and have our wills accomplished and outside things are always going to be pushing on that. But the more that you can be indifferent to those things, and I'm not saying like, I'm not saying just forget about them entirely. I'm not just saying forget about the wills of other people or like what's going on in the world, but really you have to focus on yourself and what can you do about it? because that's the only control that you have is your own intent. And along those lines, I really think that where your intent should go is into the things that make you feel alive in things that you care about in your hobbies and your interests. And a great place to start with those kinds of things are the things that we know make people happy like being in a social setting, maybe, maybe, or at least having some form of community. Maybe you don't like to be in social settings, but maybe you like video games and you can find an online community to be part of. And then from there you can keep going or, or maybe that's not quite your thing and then you move to something else, but you keep community in mind because you liked that part of it. It's, it, you got to go where you grow. And... I've been doing that a lot lately. I've been trying to, like I said before, make these active conscious decisions to go where I grow. Go to the people that make me feel whole and try and shy away from the things that don't. And that's really hard to recognize and become self-aware of, but it's more just about the idea and the mindset of making those decisions for yourself and consciously trying to go to what will benefit you most in the end and keep your spirit healthy and happy and alive because that's the only way that we ever get anything done and that we ever feel any 
kind of joy or happiness in a way that a thing that I really just want to talk about, I guess, is just self-sabotage. I've been self-sabotaging myself with this podcast or I, you know, I really felt like I was anyway, because like I said, every day for six months, I felt like I was putting this off. I felt like a failure and like, who am I to even talk about this still? I would talk about it with people and I'd be like, oh, well, I haven't put one out in a, a month. Oh, I haven't put one out in two months. Oh, it's been f- four or five, six months now. <laughs> you know, I would feel like I was self-sabotaging in that way, but really that was just me getting better and learning and everything. But I find that w- the self-sabotage that I do do is I won't write down my ideas or I won't try. And that is self-sabotage in the way that this is what makes me feel the best about myself. This is the most important thing that I can do. And I know I'm scared, but I deserve to do it and enjoy doing it, even if it's not the best Even if it's not the best podcast in the entire world and I flub a little or I say um or like or anything, it's self-sabotage and it's sabotage to others. I know people can benefit from what I have to say and the people that I want to bring on this podcast. So I need to get through this for my own self. And I'm so, so happy to finally stop self-sabotaging in that way and realize that I do deserve to have my voice be heard. And you do too. You deserve to do that thing that you love, even if you're not great at it. You deserve to express yourself and move through things in whatever way you feel most alive. You deserve help. I have a friend that mentioned to me that they feel like they don't deserve help and they they push people away and I get that too it's the same exact thing for me I don't feel like I deserve to have these thoughts put down and that they're worth anything but who cares you need help sometimes who cares if you don't feel like you deserve it you do everyone does would you ever tell someone else that Would you ever tell someone else that they didn't deserve to feel good or they didn't deserve those kinds of things? That all comes to having compassion for yourself, but I need to have some compassion for myself too. And I finally feel like I do. And then now we come to the namesake of this episode. I'm naming this episode Becoming Infinite. And the reason is because In the beginning of the six months, I was spending a lot of time listening to podcasts at my job. And a couple different podcasts that I listened to had talked about these philosophical ideas that I really latched onto and that just made a lot of sense to me. And the first was um, a philosophy podcast guy was talking about Nietzsche's being versus becoming. And how people that think about being think about the moment and how to solve issues that are happening then and now. But people that recognize that they're becoming 
play the long game, they realize that there is more to come. And that really struck a note with me because it reminded me of a quote that I had seen from Van Gogh at, in his bedroom at the asylum that he stayed at in St. Remy in France. And I'm not going to butcher the French with you. I know how to, I could do it, but I just, I'm, I'm going to save myself the embarrassment and just say it in English. But it says, if I am worth anything later, I am worth the same now. Or then I am worth the same now. For wheat is wheat, even, even if at first the people think that it's grass. And I knew that that was me. I knew that I was people. I, I think I'm grass. But that doesn't change that I'm actually wheat. And that I am who I am no matter how I am at this moment. And I am who I will become as well in the future. It's a more active, engaged, ever-moving, ever-growing, ever-changing mindset. And then I heard another beautiful philosophical idea about the infinite game from Simon Sinek on Brene Brown's podcast. Um, I don't know, it was either Unlocking Us or Dare to Lead. Both of them are amazing and both of them give me a lot of the same information that like I latch right onto. But this followed the same idea is that in our lives we have a lot of finite games that have winners or have endings and you're only working for a period of time. But life is not like that. Life is an infinite game that keeps going. It's, there is no goal. There is no objective. The only goal is to live it. And this lends right back to that. It's recognizing that here and now and putting Band-Aids on solutions isn't the best way. It's, it's thinking about the long game. Is thinking about the next the next game comes along too, and the game constantly changes. The rules constantly change, but and they talk about it way better than I could. I definitely suggest going and listening to the episode on the infinite game. But it's all about your intent and where you put your energy and recognizing these things that are hard for people, especially with anxiety, ADHD, PTSD, these, these mental illnesses make it really hard for us to understand the passage of time and that things will be okay because we've been stuck with it not being okay for so long. But there are ways to move through these things and keep going and having that intent is so important. And I just wanted to share that with you. I really did. I kept my promise in the new year. I learned all of these things. And this is how you, this is how you build it. This is how you build it up. You take your time, you put in your effort and it doesn't happen overnight. And sometimes you think that it'll never happen. I did. I did until I sat right down right now. And honestly, I did until I'm finishing even at this moment. I didn't think I would finish. I, I recorded an earlier version of this and just said, eh, I'm going to redo this. 
because this is how I have to do it. This is me. I'm not, I know who I am and I know my worth. And I hope that this episode helps you think about yourself. And like I said in my Facebook post, if you need anything, I'm always here. And I can't wait to bring other people on this for you. I can't wait to bring you my friends. Their perspectives are so important to me. And I really think that they will be to you too. So without further ado, I will talk to you later. 